Hey, where are the white women at? But how did he get down to his underwear that fast? We'll just have to take this pants off so that I can take a closer look. Still others evolved so much, they don't even need to wear pants. <laughs> Welcome to Cartoon Casual, and I don't even know what number it is, and I don't know if it really matters right now, Joe. I, I don't know that it matters at this point. No. We've, there's so much stream of consciousness bullshit coming out of our mouths. Tell what really matters, though, is that we are alone at last. <laughs> alone at last. Last several times we've had people here. We've had guests. It's really hard to really express who we are as people and as men when there's too many people around. So now it's like we're trying to get reacquainted again. It's true. It's kind of like if you're married for a while and then you have. <laughs> I love that you went that direction. Causes. If you have kids and then you know, people and you end up going to therapy and then at some point the therapist said, you know what you guys need to do? You need to go on a date by yourself. You need to go and date again. You need right. to learn what it's like. With to no one else around. Learn to love each other again. Right. So that's where we are. Routine. So that's what we're doing. That we're, is definitely where we're at. We're alone. And what we're doing actually we're trying to knock out a podcast and because there's stuff going on this weekend. We got, we got stuff we, to we do got downtown. shit to do downtown. There's there beers that need to be drank. Can't wait to see uh, Jeremy and his daughter, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, performing at the cellar door. Absolutely. And then this weekend is the third anniversary of, uh, of Blackbridge. Yes, absolutely. Big one. They're going to have some good talent. The Swillers are there tonight. And then yeah. uh, tomorrow we've got uh, Leonard Black Interior. Lemon, Leonard Interior, and the Rivals playing along with a bunch of Yard games. Not that this matters to any of you people because it's going to be a, a month before any of this right. is listened to. But you missed a great party, you I did. assure you. Yep. If you weren't there. So nanny nanny boo boo on you if you did. Yeah. go Have fun going to the bowling alley or some other bullshit like that. When you should have been downtown, spending your money locally. So locally. I, speaking, yeah. Speaking of downtown, I've got an update. That's right. For those of you that uh, may not have ever heard this podcast, which is ninety nine percent of all people on the surface of the earth, uh, we have an uh, we have an illumination problem downtown, whereas we have this beautiful steam engine number thirty seven fifty nine gifted to us by uh, Burlington Northern Santa Fe about forty years ago, and uh, for whatever reason. The city chose to never, ever light it up and make it look decent. This is a nice little tourist attraction. Literally thousands of tourists every year come into town, stop that train, take pictures. The kids can climb all over it. It's dressed up with Christmas lights every year. For whatever reason, the accent lights are non-existent and have been for months, if not over a year now. Uh, I've definitely emailed and made phone calls and talked to at least one council member face-to-face and cornered him maybe after a few too many beers. Yep. Paul, you talked to the mayor in person a couple times about the problem. Yep. And so, getting, I don't want to talk to the mayor anymore. Yeah, I don't... I, I kind of about don't anything. I, 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 about anything ever. Kind you don't want to talk, sit, sit on, like, lay on the couch and just talk to him about your feelings? Yeah, no, don't want to do that either. Don't want to do that either. Not anymore. Not after last time. But I have a feeling so whose who's fault the illumination problem is. I'd like to get into that, but first I want to hear the update. Oh, the update. Right, here we go. And yes, we do have illumination. What? Wow. So yeah, on the half where the train is, there are two, I think there's sodium lights actually, I believe. They're by the slight yellowish green. There's sodium a, lights. Is that like the, what, the miners? Of, yeah. What miners wore? Yeah. But I, no, I, yeah, I think it is true though. I think there's sodium. Uh, it doesn't really matter. Nonetheless, the, it is lit up. Wow. Now, so, I, I believe... 
you had mentioned earlier that the flag is not illuminated, though, is it? Yeah, I uh, the uh, the other end of the park is a uh, Vietnam memorial, and I think other memorial. It's an entire veterans memorial, and, yeah. And, and there's and there's several different wars that are memorialized there, and I think it stopped at the Vietnam, uh, the Vietnam War because uh, well, this is Kingman, and time stopped in 1974. Yep, right about the time. The Vietnam War stopped, and there was a flag. There's a flag down there, and you said, "Hey, that flag's not lit up at night." And I, I didn't even know there was, so I got off early work one day and drove down there and parked at the uh, Thailand restaurant and strolled across the street. And uh, lo and behold, there is a Dita flag. And then I'm looking around for other uh, freestanding lights aiming towards the flag and couldn't find them. But then noticed that the top of the flagpole looked to me very much like there was like LED type lights affixed to the top of the flagpole, aiming downward. And I'm sure that's what the, that's supposed to be because first, hey, it doesn't matter regardless. You're not supposed to have the friggin' light or uh, flag not lit up at yeah, night. That's correct. The flag code, uh, United States code, which is, I mean, it's not, you can't be, it's not illegal. Uh, flag code is really not something that you can, you can't penalize somebody for it. I mean, you could potentially, I guess, I, I think there's city, some cities penalize. and some penalize. I love saying the word penalize because yeah. it sounds like penis. Get it. Get it. Anyhow, <laughs> the so flag code penalize. is not something you can actually put somebody in jail for. You can't find somebody for it. You can't penalize them. Uh-huh. But it's something that every American should kind of know a little bit about. You don't, and most people know don't let the flag touch the ground. Uh, flags, you know, if, if there's a, any sort of a state or a federal mandate that they should be flown at half staff. I had a conversation with Mac Nelson about this. People don't know Mac Nelson downtown Mac is the, the shit he's an right. American hero as far he's as I'm concerned bagpipe player he's he's been involved with two armed services divisions I think the Navy and the Navy Army? and Marine or Marine Corps Marine, I don't know he's gonna he's not gonna, be happy about he's this he's gonna be pissed about that we'll have to have him well, on well have that's, him. that's fine he's yeah he's a good guy he, he is a good guy and he fought for my right to get his uh branch of service how about your right incorrect. to party did you fight for your right to party he did fight for my right to party Are you sure I think so. I like to yeah. think so. I like yeah. to think that he was just like carrying a flag across the battlefield in Afghanistan, going, "I want Joe to party." Yeah. So, but I was I mentioned this because we have the fourth, you know, Fourth of July. It comes up about once a year. <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> turns out, and and uh, a Fourth of July a couple years ago, uh, I bought this really cool. I thought it's kind of cool. You see my. Uh, my uh, Declaration of Independence shirt. I'm sure you've seen Dear that. Lord. Very loud thing. Folks, it's a polo shirt. It looks like you should be playing golf, I don't know, at Fort Sumter or something. It, it, it's it, it's, a, it's a polo shirt. So it's kind of a nice and shirt. It's, it's a badass But it's really shirt. loud with this big... It's not your average stupid square looking. It's kind of a waving, dramatic looking flag. Very much so. And that's why I bought it, even though I know it's kind of... So I asked Mac about this. I said, hey, is this a... You were in the military and you love this country and... And you don't burn flags very often. So I just wondered if... Really, Joe? Mm-hmm. I'm Googling the flag code because I oh. know where you're going with okay. this. Don't, I, sorry, folks. I grabbed my cell phone like a teenage girl. Porsche, okay. if you're listening, I'm referring to you. Yeah. Um, so I, I said, I got this, and I kind of like it, and I, I love living here, and I don't have a... You know, I don't burn the flag, and, and I did bring up to him. I said, you know, even though I don't burn it and would not want to ever, I, I actually... I don't respect, but I, if people burn the flag, that's, I'm honestly, they should be able to, people can make me fucking whatever they want to, but I, you know, I would never do it. Telling somebody that they can't uh, express themselves is, and telling someone that they cannot express themselves is un-American to me. 
Right. Um, what's lost on a lot of Americans is the fact that uh, I wouldn't say most Americans. I would say a lot. Definitely a strong minority right. of Americans. What's lost on them is the fact that they get pissy when you say, "Oh, well, you're uh, you're you're infringing on my rights." It, you know, Facebook says you can't post something like that. That's right. not a, that's not infringing on your rights. Did the government? Uh, tell you you can't do something. Right. That's had nothing to do with in your private company. Yeah, it's a private company, and yeah. and so when when you talk about somebody telling someone that they cannot express themselves, it's however, very, however, it's rather un-American. It it's very un-American. Right. So again, I don't agree with that. But anyway, so I asked Mac, I said, I got this cool shirt. I want to wear it the Fourth of July. What do you think about that? And he said he was kind of neutral. He kind of he kind of understands the people that have problems with it, but he really does. He was kind of undecided. You know, because he knew he knows that I'm not anti-American. I'm not trying to uh, right. uh, desecrate it and, and that kind of thing. And I said, "All right, well, what about uh, a attractive 24 year old female, about five six, with long, beautiful brunette hair, that wore a flag bikini bathing suit?" He goes, "Oh, well, that's perfectly acceptable." Of course it is. <laughs> so- Mac Nelson, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> so, just kind of depends on where you're. What your perspective? Anyway, Me personally, uh, yeah. and I'm 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 not you know I'm not the gung ho America type except when I am when I reserve right. the right to be right. And uh, I I think wearing the American flag as a, a, a it, to where it looks like it you it if it looks like somebody cut up a flag and turned it into a shirt or a pair of pants or pasties or whatever I find that disrespectful. How about dungarees? Yes, pants. Long pants. It's, it's a subset of pants. Subset of pants. I'm going to subset your pants here in a minute. <laughs> I find I just think cartoon it, casual. I, I, I personally. <laughs> oh, oh, oh really? Hold on. Time. I need to make sure it's every not important, important. Oh yeah, make sure it's not more important than the cartoon casual podcast, Paul. No, someone forgot something. Stand by. Oh, I, I need to get this is coming. Standing by. I can't. Uh... All right. I'll, I'll silence my phone now. Mm. Oh yeah, really? Now, now yeah. I'll do it. That'll be a first. Um, so I see what you're saying. In the defense of my shirt, <laughs> the cool thing about the shirt it has the Declaration of Independence on the not, old script. I, so that's kind of cool. It's I not just a say, flag. I don't find your shirt offensive okay. at all. Most people um, find most of my clothes offensive, but in this case, typically, especially the pocket but, T-shirt you're wearing now, right I don't now. like that shade of blue. I think it's bullshit because right. it takes the attention away from my eyes. It's much it's more offensive. I have bluish eyes. You do have. They're more of like a steel gray, like oh, you've yeah. seen a lot of things. Like I said, we're alone. <laughs> it is kind of nice to be alone in the hangar, letting everything hang. You know. So that's the update on the flag, and um, the question is. Are we going to, speaking of the flag, are we going to take this flag up the hill and keep fighting about this, the lights? Are we going to try to get, I, you know, Absolutely. the train's illuminated. Oh, I told you, I figured out who was involved with not illuminating the train. Oh, yeah, let's hear about that. The Illuminati. Oh, for Christ's sake. Oh, I don't know why I didn't see that one coming a mile away. Do you think it was the, I thought those folks like to illuminate things. Or were they using that as a, were they using the Illuminati? That's, I would like to know the the def the background of that word illuminati do you want me to tell you they were enlightened yes. individuals they were the light that's the the original illuminati oh, back okay. in the 15 1600s was most definitely okay, the light so, in the way so but is that a but you think say it now and it's like it's a negative 
connotation, like the pentaveret. The pentaveret. <laughs> right. So is that the same? Does that back then when it came out, the Illuminati, was it like a angels coming from heaven? Like, oh, wow, it's the Illuminati. Yay, it, it the Illuminati's of, here. It was anti-church people. <laughs> it was totally anti-establishment. Oh. Um, More realist, not churchy people. Yes, absolutely. Okay. And, and it was, you know, post... That post-Renaissance, pre-industrial revolution, that like 150, 200 years mm. in Europe, in European history, where there were things, things were really starting to happen, and you had just the a group of intellectuals sitting around talking about stuff and kind of trying to make the world a little bit trying better to break place out of the and, and break out of the monarchy and the religious. so the church really back the, we say the church I mean the Catholic Church I'm guessing uh, yeah Catholic well and in that time you had the Catholic Church you had the Protestants Protestant Church was really young and the uh, Lutheran Church and all th- those three the triumvirate <laughs> the tri- th- those three together <laughs> caused a lot of death and human suffering and uh, basically set us back a few hundred years so so really the church uh, back then to compare it to what we're struggling with now in Kingman is kind of, <laughs> kind of like uh, the, the current uh, city council. Current city council and lack of uh, progressive thoughts. So the Illuminati is coming up where, where the people were rising. Maybe it was like in a Dan Brown novel. You're reading the Dan Brown novels. No. The, uh, yeah. You know Sorry. how to read, right? Do you, do you know how to read? Yes. Yes. That's, you don't know how to read. I, I knew it. You I do. Went to school in the South. I do. I'm sorry, Paul. I didn't mean to call you out on the podcast for not knowing know. how to read. That, well, no, I'll I get do, to I the do. audio book because I, I, I just don't have the fucking time to teach Thank you Thank God this read. is a podcast. Thank God you're handing out pamphlets to people you're handing out randomly out downtown. 15 here, page, read this. Here, read this 15-page pamphlet of me rambling on a fucking <laughs> microphone. <laughs> anyway... I don't even remember what the hell we were talking uh, about. I was just talking about the Illuminati. Oh, who was responsible for the lights? And then that's the update. So, the, oh, the question oh, I anyway. have for you: Is okay. we're gonna are we gonna keep going with this? I know that that people did help to get it, and they did straighten finally. But are we gonna just we're gonna like give it a break and then say, you know what, he, that was a good start, but we still have some problems downtown. Some of the excuses that I heard in the beginning were there was construction about to start on that that intersection there, which is I thought they were just putting in some lane markings and things like that. It turned out to be a huge undertaking that they did for this kind of dangerous intersection it's a weird angle it's an older street and i don't even really know exactly street. how they're fixing is it a good it, way they're gonna if you look at the plans definitely, no, it's planned out very well it, okay. it's planned out very well and they they really did their homework on it and w- what i was told the excuse as to why it t- it they didn't fix things immediately is that they were gonna have to redo all the electrical anyway because they were burying electrical when they were doing construction so okay. once they had the street dug up they were putting new ut- underground utilities mm-hmm. in and burying them so there wasn't a giant hole in the corner of the park Fine. Okay. Fucking tell people that. Sure. Tell me that. Tell the citizens that. Right. I'm paying your and fucking And I, I would have bought that. Too. But what's funny is they're still doing it, and we got them to turn them on somehow. We still got them to turn it on yeah. because Stuart Yoakum, yep. uh, say what you will about the man, he uh, he definitely got it done because I, I read the emails because I'm still – and I'm still getting emails – all because these people don't understand when they hit reply all. I love that when people right. in a large company or large organization don't know how to use. I made that mistake Outlook. once during an email, oh. and I she was a bad. You learned your fucking lesson. It wasn't didn't a you? sexual weird kind of like, email. It wasn't one of those. Okay, how about you set up a meeting on my dick or something like that? You <laughs> yeah, it wasn't quite. It had to do with a, it was a reference to a piece of money, and it was a kind of a semi large chunk of money that someone was going to loan to someone about. I got a guy. No, it wasn't. I didn't have a guy. It wasn't quite that. It was something. It was kind of a semi-personal thing, and it was. It wasn't a bad thing, 
But it's like all these people saw this. And I was like, oh, you made something. Fuck. You made something that could have been private, a yeah. very, very public matter. And that hasn't happened again since then. That was enough. We had uh, several people at KRMC. You know, there's probably seventeen, close to eighteen hundred subscribers on uh, in KRMC's uh, you know address book for for Outlook. And we had someone uh, several years ago that kind of email bombed everyone because uh, you. So at the upper echelon, so you have your 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 chief executive officer or chief executive, any of those people, those folks at the top, they have uh, full privileges and rights to send emails to, and they'll just type in all users and every single person that belongs to KRMC email string will get Which sent. Which is a lot. Anywhere, almost 2,000 people, okay? Uh-huh. So you have a few outliers that need to have that, that send out safety bulletins or, hey, this computer system's going down at this time. Those people have that and they don't use it all the time. It's not on a daily basis like the other folks. Okay. And so what happens is you have someone that sends out you know, an email going, I know, I know exactly what it was. It was the CEO of the hospital just saying an attaboy for, you know, we got, we got some really good feedback on this one person. They're wanting to recognize that person, which is great. Except uh, when the person hit reply all and said, hey, great job. Good good for you. Glad to hear it. This is great. Congratulations, whatever. And it went to everyone. And then somebody else hit reply all going, hey, you know that you emailed this to everybody instead of just emailing the one person. <laughs> and it kicked off this fucking chain reaction that actually crashed the servers. And it's wow. so fucking funny to me. <laughs> because people just don't know how to use technology. They yep. just don't. And they sh- as far as I'm concerned, those people should only be allowed to send telegrams. Yep. Because they're clogging up. They're just getting in the way. It's kind of like... Yeah, the bandwidth. Yeah, it, whatever you can yeah. do that's not going to clog up bandwidth. The best way to look at it is like you, you're like the granny on the highway going 45 and a 65. Because, well, that's how, how I feel safe. I feel safe uh-huh. going that slow. Well, well, you're impeding traffic. Get the fuck out of the way. Right. Anyway, there should be more. There should be severe. If I were a rogue cop guy, I would give severe. I'd be buying tickets. All I would do is spend time pulling people over in their left hand lane that are going too slow. Absolutely, all the time. Well, in the state of Arizona, uh, with you, if you have uh, divided, either divided highway or divided um, roadway with at least one passing lane, uh, you can. What do they call it? Uh, something directional, something or other. But anyway. Basically, Stockton Hill Road, most most more than two lane roads have it as a passing lane. In the state of Arizona, if you're in the left hand lane, you can be pulled over and you can be ticketed for that. It's like a hundred and fifty dollar ticket. It's like blowing be. a stop sign. Because if you're not passing or getting immediately to ready to turn left, you're not supposed to be in yep, that lane. That's what it's and fuck, it's I not hammered that. home enough to be I wonder I'll have to talk to your daughter um, sometime about that because she just got her license. Oh, and I wanna know if, if she if that was pounded into her head. By the way, do they have do they have driver's education required in this state? They do not. Was it ever? Not that I ever know. It wasn't when I was, you know, 20 years ago. It was I, off and on required in, in Georgia. They kept flipping around. It was required in Ohio. I know that. It's one of the reasons why I was kind of happy to move out here at 16 <clears> and get my license because I didn't have to do 40 hours. It was 40 hours. Wow. You had to do 40 hours of classroom and driving either riding in the car with like two or three other people, you know, that were, you were taking turns riding with an instructor or, um, or classroom time mixed together. And then you had to do 16 hours of behind the wheel. You had to be behind the wheel 16 hours. Then you can go and take your test, your, your actual driving test and get, uh, and potentially get your license. 
Which I think is a great way to, to sure. go about things. Now, it, it's very serious too. But I know we talked about Germany before in this podcast, but I remember speaking with people there when I worked that you had to, it's an effort to get your license there. And it's a couple of years older too. But anyway, they make you also know how to work in your car a little bit. In other words, oh, you, you yeah. have to show that you have to ch- can change a tire and things like that. So you're not in the middle of nowhere, in the middle of a road and or com- whatever. Completely fucking helpless. Yep. I, and I love that. And I, I think it's a great idea. I think the EU actually adopted that. I know that was a Germany thing. Because it, uh, it's a, you know, the Germans, right? It's the Germans, right? They're incredibly efficient. I'm, I'm not going down that road, Paul. Nope, I got happening. it. No, they're, they're they enjoy uh, their efficiency. There's a woman I used to work with years and years and years ago here in town. Her name is uh, Martina. Martina was born and raised in southern Germany, mm-hmm. outside of Frankfurt. Yeah, the northerner Germans no, don't not like f- that. The southerner Germans. No. I was there. I saw the battle. It's just like with the Yankees in the south here. Oh, absolutely. Same thing. So anyway, she um, she she also spoke better English than me, which I always thought was great because she learned proper English. Uh-huh. Uh, anyway, she had told me that uh, you in Germany back in the olden days. She's probably 50, 55 now. Uh-huh. So back in the uh, late seventies, early eighties, when she got her driver's license, she was required to learn. She had to be able to check all the fluids on the car, uh, change the tires. And know when the when the tires need to be changed, basically to keep yourself safe. And then it took her three tries to pass the test to get her license, and she had to wait every I think it was three months. Probably you say probably, again you said like knowledge of the tires, like the tread, for example, things like that. Absolutely, because they have Audubon. Holy cow, they drive. They can drive very quickly drive over there. You can have some decent tires, and this is yeah. a high rate of speed on the German right. Autobahn. They kept telling me they don't have, and it's true, they don't have accents very often on the Audubon, but when they do, it's really quite spectacular. Oh, I'm sure. I kind of <laughs> like to sit and watch, like, it, you know, it's like uh, one of my dreams is one to go to uh, drive on the Audubon, which is, it's really not as cool as everybody thinks. Like, it's, bre- it's it really is just congested as fuck. Most of it is now. When yeah. I was younger, it was, I was in the mid 80s, and it was, there were areas that were pretty open and pretty freaking quick. I which happens you. now, and you have to go there between like, 3 a.m. and 6 a.m. and that's yeah. when you're that's when you could really open it up but what i would rather just do is just you know go to to the nurburgring and pay my oh yeah your, you know it's a toll road now yeah you just pay uh, i think it's like 10 or 12 euros just to get you on go, there you and... go through a little you know a thing like a barrier thing that yeah. lifts up after you pay the guy and you just kind of haul ass probably make a lot of probably make a lot of money doing that they need to make you know everybody wants more money so well that's how they keep upkeep on it it's one of the it's a world famous racetrack and almost closed a few years ago because of it because it was just kind of expensive and people die on it but whatever fuck them yeah if you're gonna if you're gonna die you might as well go out in a spectacular crash in southern germany exactly anyway why how do we get on that topic? I, 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 I had to do I don't with even, um, I Dan, I don't know the thread to go backwards through that thread, but had to driving. do with something to do with driving. Driving, yeah, and the test and uh I don't really know. Doesn't really matter. Yeah. But yeah, speaking of uh drivers, uh licenses and stuff, you said that your uh again, your daughter the spawn. That one, yeah. You said she's already gone through a tank and a half of gas. Yeah, she's just driving. Yeah. She's, she's driving, driving around, and I don't blame her. She's yeah. got a nice car. That's what happens? It has AC. Yeah, you know, I didn't have a car that had AC in it until I was twenty-eight years, twenty-nine years old, two thousand ten. Yeah. Uh, you know, good for her. I'm, in the uh, south, you just grab a sharecropper and have them wave a fan. Oh, for Christ's sake! You're... <laughs> and feed you dates while you're driving. Yeah, Is that a, yeah, basically. Yeah, yeah. It was kind of nice. Kind of miss that. Yeah, I kind of want to move to the south so I can be in charge. Yeah, Spanish moss. 
all that kind of stuff. It's kind of why well, it's got to be Spanish. I um yeah I uh I was there not too long ago again visiting uh, my stepmother. I think I mentioned it before, but it's kind of even though it's humid as hell there, it's kind of cool when the when the sun's going down. Not cool, but interesting. It's just the Spanish. It's kind of a, it has a look with the Spanish moss and the it has a very specific frogs. Look. You know where you're at in the world yeah. when you look at it and you look at it, all the uh, the brackish water not blackish racist brack brackish well brackish is still of, of mixed descent it is it's mixed mm-hmm. not pure water mm-hmm. it's not Aryan water oh god not the master water Paul <laughs> Paul's getting racist <laughs> But you look out there, and you know there's just millions of shrimp right out there. Oh, yeah. And, and just, blue crab. Just wait. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Just, just know they're out just, there. Just waiting to be yep. plucked and fried, boiled. Boiled. And uh, like oil. Change your oil, y'all. Change your oil, y'all. Check your oil. So, uh, brought yeah. to you by This podcast brought to you by Pennzoil. <laughs> anyway. There so, is- so, what are you... Uh, no, I was going to ask you something. You... Um, uh, God, there was something that you were doing recently. I was going to, oh, fart in a fart. Yeah? I was going to ask. Oh, God. My mind's a blank now, Joe. It's a total blank. It just got erased. Doesn't that suck? Had a download. Oh, you're looking up flag code? Fla- flag? I was looking flag. up the flag code, flag. and I, I couldn't find what I was looking for. Yeah. No, there was something I wanted to bring up. Okay. And I don't know if this is something, it, 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 maybe it's just because I'm on the internet way too much, mm-hmm. and I am of a certain age where I'm I'm on the cusp of kind of being edged out of being edgy, so to speak. I got you. I kind of, because I, of your age? Because of my age, I, I, I feel like... Tell me about potentially, it. Potentially, yeah, right? Well, <laughs> yeah, but you, you have certain modifiers to you, like you... Uh, don't have any kids. I don't. Which would prevent you, or maybe early on, would have prevented you from, um, how do I say this? Early on, if you would have had kids, say, let's say 25 years ago. 25 years okay. ago, how old were you? 27. Right. So let's say 27, you would have had, had a kid. Yeah. Your kid's now 25. Right. You developmentally as far as how who you are as a person would have been set back a little bit because you would have instead of going out with your friends and doing the, all the things that you've done since you were 27 you would have done with a kid right or had to get a babysitter and just and not been able to go you know what it's a tuesday night i'm going to go and have a beer i'm going to do this da, da, da. Mm-hmm. so it kind of tempers you and it and it ages you a little bit because i feel like it it throws you behind not that there's anything wrong with having a kid it throws you behind where you could potentially be all right, now you're confusing me. Hear- I thought, I'm sorry, hold your thought there, but I, th- I thought what you were going to say is, had I had a kid, then it would have put me back. I thought you were going to say, it threw me back there, so now I can keep up with all the young, hip, happening things because I no. have a kid. No, it, I thought it, that's it, what you were going to get to, but nope, that's, not that's, not, that's not at all. Uh, oh, I what, I'm, it. what I'm saying is, is that you, because of the no kid, you have been able to stay current all this time. Oh, I've only been able to stay current. I was behind the times for years until Porsche started getting about 10, 11 years old, maybe. Maybe mm-hmm. the past like six years. 
And to where I'm like, well, I don't want to be the old fart. I'm not an old fart, but I don't want to be that old fart right. that has no idea. I don't know what the Pokemon Go thing like, is. That's stupid. Oh, well, God, your dad's here. Yeah. Oh, great. Dad's yeah. here. And, it, you yeah. know, so instead, like, I made it so that I, I purposely, like, it, it's not just, it's it's not something that I accidentally fell into of uh, staying relevant. It's something mm-hmm. I choose to do when I work at it. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I still, because of, just because of my age and the fact that I was born prior to 1990, that I'm starting to see some shit on the internet that just really is like, really? And then when I start getting worked up and pissed about it, then I start thinking, God damn it, I sound old. So is so it stuff I'm, that's just that's 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 shocking? Like it's no, like no, no, no. Because I know it's, that it's difficult to shock. You know, within our group of people that we hang out with, it's, it's the opposite. It's the opposite. It's the social justice warrior bullshit. Oh, okay. Which I don't know if you've listened to. Uh, Rogan's got a podcast where he he goes off about Joe Rogan does podcasts. Joe Joe Rogan, the uh, oh, the Fear Factor guy. <laughs> yeah, cockroach eating guy. Yeah, that guy. He doesn't eat the cockroaches, but Does the he people fight do. people now or something. Yeah, like, Joe I heard fight. He fight yeah, he's he a fight people. fight guy. I hope Joe Rogan so listens to this podcast. He has a someday. podcast. So on his podcast, yeah, the Joe Rogan podcast. I'm Joe Rogan. I'm gonna podcast. Go ahead. You know Joe Rogan will fight you right now. He'd like kick my ass. He would probably kick your ass. It's probably on his way here. But if he got you on the ground, I would come up with a swift fucking kick to his jaw. Sorry, okay. Joe Rogan. Yeah, got to help my bud. Sorry, Joe Rogan. I got to. All right. Paul's like above you in the All hierarchy. Right. Anyway, he could kill me. He really could. He probably he, he could he's fucking a, he's he could a fire fucking plug, kill me strong too. fuck. So on his podcast, on his podcast, he he kind of went off about this, and I don't want to go down that same road. And I guess what it is, is the social justice warrior thing is is it what it is is you, you've got it's you remember politically the political correctness bullshit that kind of originated in the nineties. Oh yeah, imagine this ramped up through the. By the way, we didn't room. think it was going to last this long. People that are my age, we really didn't think it was going to last. It almost that went long. dormant, and now it's reared its yeah. ugly fucking head again. Yeah, it's just. And in the past three to five years, I've become aware of it, and it's just getting worse and worse and worse. And it's to the point where I, I, you can't even hardly say anything without getting offending somebody. And they'll offend you. They'll get offended to the point where they're crying. They claim that they have PTSD. They sure. Do. And, and it's kind of like the – I liken it to the people that say that they're, oh, well, um, I'm gluten intolerant. No, you're not. You're being a twat is right. what you're being. You're right. being an asshole. Because I have friends that, that are – that are not gluten intolerant, but are actual celiacs that had to have their fucking colons cut out because they're going to die. It became necrotic and it was going to kill them. Right. No, you, that's the real deal. I want to be gluten free and I want to eat nothing but fucking dirt off the floor. And you know, it's just, it just, those fucking assholes. Like okay, so those are broad. Do you have a specific example where you like all of a sudden you realize there was a certain thing that your something happened with your daughter's generation or something you were saying? It's not it was, even really some. It's not even my daughter's generation because I don't know a single one of her friends that acts like that. So it's, maybe it's, it's over. It's college age people that oh. live in this fucking dream world where they're like they're just going to perpetually go to college or stay at college and they they have no idea what it's like to balance a checkbook, to actually right. pay electric the electricity, to know that. Oh shit! Um, if I go out to if I go out shopping, somebody's gonna look at me and go, "Okay, she looks like shit." Not say anything to you. So a lot of it has to do, and I'm kind of rambling here. I gotta kind of centralize my thoughts. So there's there's a there's a subset of women, and I I'm, I'm not allowed to say women because they don't, don't identify as that gender they identify as fucking all manner of other things and I'll I'll send you some links to stuff you can read and you'll think that they're joking like you won't 
You're a femophobe. Yeah, it's all sorts of weird shit. It's like, well, I don't identify as female. Well, what's between your legs? Right. Okay. You don't have to identify as that. But I have plenty are. of friends of mine that are like friends and family and everybody in between that are transgender, trans. That, I mean, I mean, all manner of type of, of of human individuals. But the fact of the matter is, is that why are you offended by me re- referring to you as her? These people get pissed off that you use the wrong pronoun. So again, them. is there something? I know this has been going on, but is there some certain thing that you saw, read, heard something, and then you realize, geez, I sound like an old guy because I'm, you know? But you say, you know, is there something that happened, or you just thought it's, of this? This is a part of it. A part of it has been with the Caitlyn Jenner thing. Okay, gotcha. Which I I find, and I will I will refer to her as the pronoun she wants to hear, which is her. Uh, more power to her if she's been felt like she's been living a lie her entire life. I get it. Uh, I would I like to say something like, I'm, "I'm glad that I'm not doing that or going through that or not that yeah, confused or whatever the fuck it is." Exactly, and you and, know, and, misappropriate the appropriate hardware. Exactly, and well, yeah, you have <laughs> whatever. I'm glad I'm not that. You're certain ex, you have your extra. There's a uh, the one of the core beliefs in uh, in human psychology is external genitalia and internal genitalia. Okay, and sometimes they just get swapped and it just happens. Right. It's, a, it's a physiological thing and it's been known about literally for thousands of years. That's right. why the there's native cultures all over the world or indigenous cultures all over the world. Most of them don't have a problem with homosexuality, transgender, you know, all that. They, they just call them shapeshifters. That's what the Navajos call them. There's this very long, very specific name for it in Navajo and the Hopi language. And they're shapeshifters. That's what they called. Okay. That's what they were called. And some of them lived. They were. They had male genitalia, but they lived as the wife, and they took care of the kids. And they were. They maybe never married. Maybe did. And it was a thing. It was. It was never a big deal. It was just part of their. No culture. one ever pigeonholed them. Exactly. It, just, it wasn't a problem. They're in the community, and that's just everything is what it was. I guess what the big thing is now that is really starting to piss me off is the fact that um, the helicopter moms. And helicopter parents, I should say, from the '90s now have I, kids that are in there. I can't help think, but just a couple of parents here doing, you know, doing the helicopter maneuver. Oh no! The hel- God. The helicopter. Just some dad just, yeah, just yeah, helicopter doing moms the helicopter and dads. around his kid going. Mom, you can't do the helicopter. You don't have those parts. No, yeah, I do. And then she takes her, her <laughs> shirt off, and her boobs are just everywhere. And the yeah, dad's like, those, yeah, like a twin rotor uh, helicopter, <laughs> kind of rotating. <laughs> Anyway, you had these helicopter <laughs> parents that... Help me out with the helicopter parents. Oh, you're not know. familiar. Okay, so a helicopter parent would be the... Um, I actually work with one. And if anybody listens to this podcast that I work with, they'll, they'll know exactly who I'm talking about. I won't say her name. Make up a name. Mm. Okay. So, uh, one doesn't like to vaccinate her kids. Oh. She doesn't do flu shots until she was threatened with being fired. A nurse. Wow. Works in a, uh, and this is, she's not an outlier. There's a lot of people like this out there. Yeah. So she's the type of person that is constantly doing things with essential oils, trying to cure cancer with bay leaf oil or some shit like that. Uh, you have, she's basically a bored housewife with a career. What what really bothers me is that she works in a, in a career and excuse me, she works in an industry, medicine, that is based around science, and she refuses to accept science. I, I would like to ask her, well, maybe I wouldn't, but I'd like to ask her, how did she end up going into that? You don't want to talk to her. 
Okay, I won't. It'll infuriate you, Paul. It will. It'll make you want to knock her out. So it's just weird how she got into the medicine. I don't understand it, and I, I, yeah. I mean, I don't understand. I mean, I kind of understand it, and I'll tell you about the background of her later on because I don't want to get too specific. In private, air. you're saying? Yeah, in private. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, so she won't let her kids really play outside of her backyard because she's afraid that Kingman is too unsafe. That's good. I'm glad she's setting him up for success. Exactly. And I've mentioned that to her before and she just looks at me, she just stares at me blankly like like I'm I, like I, letting Portia go and be free as a kid or like when her, you know, her mom would let her ride her bike around the block and stuff at seven, eight, nine years old, that that we were bad parents for doing that. And any parent that would do so is a bad parent. Well, you are. Apparently, apparently because <laughs> I've got a felon for a child. Yep. Yeah, who's out there? She's probably beating up. Who knows what she's doing right now? Probably strangling a retarded kid or something yep. because you know that's what she does. She's probably shaking down minorities for money. That's what yep. she's doing. She's she's donating money to the Trump campaign to build the wall at sixteen. That's what she's doing. I wouldn't say it too loud. You're not going to these kids ideas either. Oh Jesus! Oh my phone's off. I don't, I don't want her to get that idea. She's like, oh maybe I should send money to right. That's a good idea. It's going to save America. <laughs> anyway, so a helicopter parent is a, is a parent who is constantly hovering around their kid and won't uh, let them make mistakes, won't let them get hurt, won't let them do this, won't let them do that. How did I miss this term? I've never... Really? Because well, I'm not a parent. Because you're not a parent. Because you're not a But I have people that have... I have people. I know people that have parents. You don't associate with those have types... Have kids. Of, everybody's got parents. <laughs> you don't associate with those types of people. Okay. Unfortunately, I'm forced to in, in certain instances. At either job I work or, or just, you know, in general. And uh, it's, it's so, so, so what you have is helicopter parents that, and I, I really blame the media and I'm sure if Jeremiah was here, he could put this better than, than myself, but the media taking things so far and scaring the shit out of people produces that fear in those people. Then those people have sex, then they have kids and they have that fear that's still put in them. That they don't remember that it's okay when they were a kid in, say, in the 80s. Talking about fear news? Yeah. Yeah, fear news. Exactly. Spelled F. Fear news and the Clinton News Network. Yeah, both of those big ones. I think, you know where this came from? I think think you're right, the media. But you know what I think where it started from was the 24-hour news cycle. Or the the 24 hours a day news because they got to fill it up. That's right. You know? They have to come up with something. So they do a lot of fear-mongering. So uh, what is what has happened is those those people forgot in the 80s, 70s and 80s when they were growing up that it's okay to fall off your bike and bump your head. It's okay to fall off the monkey bars and break your ankle yep. because that's a story and it's a lesson that you learn. And occasionally, your- unfortunately, from that, someone's going to get seriously hurt and they will. And they will. Absolutely. And that, that I, happens and it's happened to people that I've known. In a, in a wheelchair, he was literally the kid, the kid. You remember being a, being a I don't know if you remember this uh from grade school you'd have the teacher go you know remember all six legs on the ground because you were leaning back in your chair mm-hmm. well somebody knew somebody who knew somebody who fell back hit his head and now he's paralyzed i knew that kid okay wow i knew that yeah he had a c c4 c5 fracture in his neck from leaning back in his chair and he cracked was the into another table would, or something uh yeah and well what he did uh it's a midwest you had these really shitty uh room length heaters under the windowsill oh okay you know yeah, what I'm i think i've seen about? those yeah and like a radiator style heater and he yeah. fell back boom hit, hit his neck snapped it cracked a vertebrae Jesus. and then yeah and it was in a like little like roundabout wheelchair turned into timmy yeah timmy. Timmy. timmy except that he wasn't retarded 
or a cartoon. Um, yeah, but he was the story. He was literally yeah. the story of the the kid doing wow. that. So anyway, so you have these helicopter parents that forgot about that shit. Then they have start having kids in the nineties. Those those kids are now in their late teens, early twenties, and they have never been put into a situation where they've been hurt physically or emotionally, and they are over overly sensitive, so overly sensitive to where this podcast would make them cry and may, and say that they would be, they, that they would curl up into a ball in their room and just like I after listening to that podcast and I just I you mean I, people I and came and saying things exactly and that's how they are I'm dead yeah. serious like okay. I'll, like I said if you want to go down this rabbit hole and read into these people it'll infuriate you but here's what really scares me these people can vote these people and they've already bred yeah yeah and and or they're breeding they're breeding the result of breeding that shouldn't have been bred and they're going to be the second generation of worthless assholes so you are getting old my brother (laughs) my brother put it very very succinctly 2010 i went back to ohio to visit he was in college we're cruising around his university and he's just looking at people and looking there's like a group of activists outside on like the, the campus main and he goes these people have no idea what the real world's like yeah, because he didn't. I don't think he lived in the dorm the first year he went to college because it wasn't required. I think he lived in a small, shitty apartment with like nine other people or something. Okay. And he was immediately at eighteen paying bills. He wasn't. He didn't live in that dream world of or that in between world of mommy and daddy took care of everything, and then went on. You know, and then did four years or five or six years at a college, and then went out in the in the world and was like, oh god, I don't know how to do any of this stuff. He 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 was a, he's a he's a very brilliant man, and he would he just looked around. and goes, these people are living in a fucking dream world. They have no idea what the real world's like. They have no clue. They think that they're going to be mollycoddled for the rest of their life, and they expect everyone else around them to be nice to them. What would be the prototypical average age of the person you're speaking of? Let's just put it right right in the average. Right, what would be the sixteen to twenty five? Okay, that's not an average. Those are two numbers. 21. Thank you. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. Math, Joe. Ladies and gentlemen. Sorry. Joe did math. Sorry. Okay, so call it 21. So you're saying so this average person was, uh, are, are they are they a college person? Yes. So, and they are probably still in college? Potentially, or maybe never made it to college because it was too scary. Or, or they just got out of college and they're still living at home. Which is a lot. You know, they the, say the comedy's kind of crappy. Which I don't is know. which is fine. I, yeah, and that's fine. Yeah. And, and I hate. And I will. I refuse to lump them in with the millennials, because this is just a small faction of the millennial generation. Which is depending on. I want to throw this out there. You've heard Generation X, Generation sure. Y, the millennials. The funny thing is, is that if you talk to a sociologist, which we actually know on Timmy, which oh, is yeah. funny. I always forget that. But he I and I too. were talking about this, and he said, you know, the the way the generation gap works. Not generation gap, the uh, generation overlap, the opposite of the gap. So you have your generation X, it was it's 1960 to 1980, you have generation Y, da, da, da. but the millennial generation is considered 1980, anyone born between 1980 and 2000, which because I was a teen dad means me and my kid are the same generation. Woo. Wow. How weird is that? And you're not even from the South. Yeah, I'm not even from the South. Thanks, oh, buddy. Weird. Yeah, it. Yeah. Since I was 11, when I fathered So, Orsa, So these persons... No, also, don't really have careers going yet, kind of thing. Really, it, it, not not really. Not and really. if they they're, they're and are they, are they motivated to really? Women, are they eh, driven? They're they're driven to want to change things. Um, they're they're there's a whole level of bigotry that they're 
throwing out there is like folks like you and I that uh, don't censor ourselves and things like that. They tell us that we're part of the and because we're white and male that there's something wrong with us. Oh, I, I could not disagree with that. <laughs> okay, I, here's the thing though. So I'm kind of kidding, but I want to be no. I get and I get what you're saying. Yeah. And and I actually said this last night. Uh, I made a comment. I said, you know, sometimes it is nice to be white and male in sure. America. It's nice to know that. And I I I hate saying that to a certain degree because I've got my you know my minority brothers and sisters out there. But I, I it is kind of nice. Sure. I don't see it as white privilege because it's no longer a white privilege thing. Right. Uh, because now I'm being demonized for how I was born. There, that's there, exactly what they're, these people are railing against. There, yeah, there are definitely few, fewer things you have to worry about, but now you have to worry about the thing that you are white and you'd sense the cub, you know, put you in this uh, cubby hole. Uh-huh. That's what's wrong with you. Yeah, you know what I'm it, saying? It, no, it's kind absolutely. of the weird, yeah. And that's why I like to throw out to those folks, and the, new, the neo-feminist uh, doctrine bullshit is just, uh, it's just that, it's bullshit. It's bigotry. It's bigotry... But it's just instead of saying, well, I don't think that uh, the blacks or colored folks, whatever you want to call them, should be using the same drinking fountain as us because they're dirty. Or, well, they... they So so these people think of us just like that. Yes. That badly. Yeah. Bad or batty. Yep, absolutely. And, and, you know, Rush Limbaugh 20 years ago, 25 years ago, coined the term feminazi. Yeah, he had no fucking idea what he was talking about then because now these people... They're they're fucking starting riots and shit because they're uh, because you, there was a I forget what school it was it was uh, somewhere somewhere in the flyover states it doesn't matter like m- fucking Minnesota Iowa something like that thanks for making corn but I really I hate those people there's nothing culturally relevant about that area of the country it's just the fucking way that it is anyway they you uh, need corn uh, yeah no I'm okay with yeah. corn uh, I like soybeans I'm from Ohio which is has pockets of culture and sure. otherwise it's just kind of 10 years behind. Right. Anyway, uh, the, some college, there was a, a, a group of, a group of white male students were tired of being fucking persecuted mm-hmm. by, uh, these neo feminists and their ilk, which is cause it's not always women. It's not just women. It's, sure. you know, and, uh, it's, it's, uh, really milk toast men that, uh, refuse to be that refuse to be put into a gender role now i'll come back to that in a second but part of this rant is that these guys got together and we're like well, we're sick and tired of being said being told that we're just a bunch of lummoxes and we don't we're completely uh, unintelligent we have uh you know barely have the power of speech we're not a bunch of fucking cavemen nothing to contribute positively to society yeah and telling yeah. us that we're pieces of shit and that we that we don't belong and that we're part of the patriarchy and we're the ones keeping you down the only people keeping them down were their parents and them. That's it. It's the, the, the reason why those people feel like they're being kept down is because they're not strong enough to overcome the bullshit that they were fed when they were a kid. Gotcha. Which that's why you and I both agree that everybody could stand to use a little bit of therapy. And these people, oh, they, yeah. needed, they need a ridiculous amount of therapy. Are these people, uh, would you say the average person would be uh, uh, truly politically active? They think that they are, but they're not politically intelligent. I got you. So they probably were, and I've got. Um, I'm not anti Bernie Sanders. I don't agree. There. I don't agree. With you, but would they be Bernie Sanders? Sandys, whatever. Sanders supporters. Most of them. Most of them. If you, them, could, if you more, had to lump them into a category, lump, if you had to lump them into behind a candidate, yes. Okay. But that having been said, Bernie Sanders might not have been liberal enough for them. I got you. Yeah. Um, now. 
Are they healthy for this country? Absolutely. I think it's absolutely healthy we have a certain level of diversity in this country. What I have a problem with is the fact that you're telling that these people will tell me and you that there's something wrong with us because we were born male. We right. know that we're, we're male. We're not confused about our gender identity. Right. We know who we are, what we're about, and we're white, and it's North America, and we're, there's, there's something wrong with us. Do, do these people, um, I'm going to guess, though, uh, with this person, this 21-year-old average prototypical person that does this, are they, are they, again, are they driven? Do they possibly have a career? Like, are they really, let's say, really intelligent, and they're going to be a doctor, and they are got their nose in the books, and they're studying? Uh, I would say 50-50. A, okay. a lot of them. So, here, so let's give you a perfect example. You have a, a certain, um, one of our favorite shows is Silicon Valley. Mm-hmm. And they had a very, it's kind of a hidden social agenda on there. Uh, just one one or two episodes where they brought in a first first season. I think first or second season, they brought in the female uh, coder or yes. programmer. Yep. And uh, the man with the ghost-like features. I always forget his name. Uh, his, his, uh, Jer- uh, Jared. 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 So Jared's trying to get the two women in the room. The yes. one, the coder, and then the, the really hot one that's uh, part of the investment firm. Yep trying to get them to hang out together because there's not enough women in technology. Mm. That was kind of a, that is kind of a joke. Uh, but what it's bringing to light is, is that there's this underlying faction of marginalized women that work in technology. Cause there's very few of them that do. It's a very male driven mm-hmm. um, sector of, of, of tech. Uh, well, not sector of tech, but a very, very uh, male driven economy. And um, that's just because a lot of the a lot of the nerds that felt marginalized in high school went into tech. They, it's a it's a very lonesome thing. You put on headphones, you listen to tech. Yeah, they music they and found you, their oh, niche and they just exactly went into it. So here's what you have, and and this is why I don't believe in um, the the wage gap. I don't I don't believe. It yeah, exists. I have someone yelled to to properly prove to me that it does exist. Uh, yeah, and, and I'm I'm not being a dick. Not at all. I just don't because again, I'm a little minor, little narrow world that I'm in. I know that that of all the female pilots that flew for the airline that my father flew for, it was exactly the same. Exactly the same thing. And zero difference. Here's the thing too. If you get in in the way and there's been, there's a great podcast out there called uh, stuff you should know. It's two guys, two guys that are far more eloquent than us and less crass. Um, And they, they talked about the wage gap and how it doesn't exist. Pissed off half of their, their readership or their listenership because of it. But they they brought up facts and statistics, and this is very. Was they pissed off stuff. mostly women, or a bunch of guys that are mostly, trying to wave the women flag? Women. It was mostly okay. women. They're just pissed off at the fact that there really isn't a wage gap anymore. Now, if you look at one specific job, yes, there's a wage gap. If you look at this job, there's a wage gap. So take lumberjacks, which is what they brought up. They said lumberjacks. There's a huge wage gap. It's like a sixty percent wage gap because when women go, I'm gonna fucking cut down trees like a man. They have the they have like the, the retention rate is like less than five percent. So you're gonna have starting pay as a lumberjack up against guys that have been men that have been lumberjacks for twenty years. So you have that starting pay. Sure. Well, if you only have five percent of them that move on past five years, they're not gonna ever make the same amount of massive money. So then you take those yeah. numbers and you put them into a buck and go, okay, well that's gonna be part of the average. Well, of course, there's a huge fucking gap. Yeah. There's a fucking 50% or 45% wage gap there. Okay, fine. But then you go to an industry like where I work, the medical in the medical field, the wage gap is so fucking opposite 
because there's so many women that, that are nurses, doctors, maybe not so much doctors. It's, it's almost 50-50 now of, of men and women that are, that are MDs or DOs. But yeah, it's a strong majority of women uh, or of RNs that are, that are female. So you look at that and go, well, of course there's a wage gap because there's only like, you know, 10 guys for every 100 women, mm. you know, so there's going to be wage. It's going to exist, yeah. When you average it all out, there's no fucking wage gap. And there's yeah. definitely, it's against the law to do it for one. Yeah. You can lose your whole goddamn company, lose your tax ID from the federal government if you start doing shit like that. That's fucking discrimination. So, yeah, that, that's one of the parts that I don't like. You know, when they, you hear the uh, national politics, when someone brings up that topic and they're on the on the stump and they're talking about this, and we're going to have equal work for equal pay, and I'm going, that, that's where, you know, I don't turn the channel, but I'm like, whatever. Yeah, whatever. You already, you have that. Fight, yeah. fight for something fucking else. Right. Yeah, it's, anyway, who's going to be so, against? Who is going to be against equal work for equal pay? Yes, it's like you, know you said. It's like I'm when a candidate says I'm for the uh, the the family. Yay! Yay. Hey, fucking yeah! You're you. really walking out on limb on that one. Let's see if you yeah. It's like the, it goes back to the old Chris Rock bit from the from the '90s. He's like he's talking about the black guys in the hood are just like. Yo, man, I take care of my kids. That's not something you brag about. You're supposed to take care of your kids. <laughs> That's right. You don't brag about that. It's not that is not something that is brag worthy. Right. Uh, anyway, getting back to the point is that um, you have this. If you just take the tech sector, there, you know, women are very um, underrepresented in that in that sector just because it it's still it's new. It's a new industry. It's mm. not hasn't been around that long. And not like I said, you know, all the nerdy guys went and right all the to nerdy it. guys who just couldn't find yeah. a girl in high school or even in college that were shut-ins that were very. Look at how Facebook started. It was all because he was kind of pissed off too at he was women. P- he was a nerdy he was, and mad. He, and, exactly, he was pissed. Yeah. Yeah, Mark Mark Zuckerberg, he was the champion of nerds out there. Yeah. And now look at him; he's a multi-billionaire. Yeah. And those those twin CrossFit-looking fucking <laughs> cross, assholes, cross fucks. Yeah, those cross fucks. Yeah, they're oh, the, we're the rowing team. Well, that's that's good because right. you don't have a fucking neck. Good thing you can only look forward. <laughs> anyway, uh, that's exactly it. That's how it started from those marginalized people. Winklevoss twins as fucking yeah. assholes. Anyway, so this uh, it's funny because I'm reading. I was reading uh, this like not Twitter battle, but like kind of a uh, two people going back and forth, and it was uh, this. It was a feminist, a well-known feminist. And I can't even think of her name. I kind of don't even want to give her any publicity. Gloria Steinem. It's not Gloria Steinem because Gloria, Gloria Steinem, Gloria Steinem, and some of the old school feminists, they they're like, what the? Fu-? You're not looking at fe- feminism in the, in the 50s, 60s, 70s was about equality. These these fucking assholes, these neo feminists are just. They're like, no, we're the equality isn't good enough. So we the old school them. ones like she and other ones probably are kind of rejecting this uh, Absolutely. or whatever you want to call it. They They're reject- not glomming on to this whole exactly. new... Exactly. They reject the whole thing. They're like, you're setting the movement back because you're going to piss off all these... You're going to piss off the white males that helped us all along the way. You know, not all of them are bad. Right. Okay. There's some assholes and there's less assholes than there were a hundred years ago. Fewer. God damn it. You're right. Fewer assholes. <laughs> There's fewer assholes than there were a hundred years ago. Right. Than there was. Than there were. 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 were fewer. So fewer. Than fewer were. than there were. Wait, anyway, there are fewer assholes. Than oh there God. Were, was a hundred. Okay, I got it. Got it. You good? I got it. Okay, I'm, I'm fine. You. I'm good enough for right. that. Good. Thank you, Webster. <laughs> anyway, so uh, so they, there they are. They, they demonize these neo feminists because they're setting the whole human, the humanist movement back. 
the whole human race being set back by these people going, no, 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 wait, everything needs to be like this. And you need to, you need to look at me and go, I'm a pretty little snowflake. I'm unique. My mommy told me so. There's your problem. That's, that's exactly it. It was like, you're, a, you're, <laughs> you, you're not just born unique. Yeah. You need to do something to set yourself apart because right. otherwise you're the, otherwise you're the same, just like everybody else. So step in fucking line and go to the factory. And they didn't have anything to do with it being other. Some people out there that believe in reincarnation and they had something to do with them being born. Okay. We can go down that path if you like. But for the most part, you know, you didn't born yourself. Yeah. That was great. You know what I mean? I like how you went from correcting me saying fewer as opposed to To intentionally less. going, you so didn't you born yourself. You need to born yourself. And it's true though. You need yeah. to born yourself. Um, I might born myself a couple times later on today. I'm gonna have to uh, born myself here in a minute. I'm gonna go in there and just, born the just bathroom. Born the fuck out of that. I'm gonna bathroom. have to. You know, we're gonna take a break here in a minute. But I want you to kind of finish your I'm thought. I'm trying to finish my thought. Okay, so what I saw was this woman who said, "Well, there's underrepresentation of women in in uh, tech. How about we have more representation? How about this? How about we do that?" And um, I mean, this woman out of nowhere responds to this tweet to this feminist, and she goes. What was your major in college? And she's like, I majored in women's studies. And, oh, I, da, 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 da. and she goes, maybe you should have majored in some sort of tech sector or maybe gotten an MBA or maybe something There's a like thought. that. Maybe you could break through that glass ceiling with that. And she and she, you know what she responded with to this woman? I'm waiting. Fuck you. Oh. This well, that's when the per- they're this, out of ideas. Oh, See, yeah. they're out Clearly of they're yeah. out of you're living in a dream world. You just said fuck you to a woman who runs a Fortune 500 company. <laughs> and that woman is Maggie Wilderotter. She was she's former CEO of Frontier. I've actually met that woman. Mm-hmm. And uh, as far I mean, she shut down the call center here, displaced 200 people locally. And so I have a real hard on for her. And I'd love to have a, a, a conversation with her about that. However, she made a really tough decision. She's the one that has to sleep with that at night or not. Mm-hmm. And she broke through. A, she really broke through the glass ceiling because she's of that age. She's probably close to 60, if not a little older. So yeah, she was yeah back, back in the quote day. Exactly. I mean, she was yeah. she was definitely working girl type in like early 80s wearing the fucking shoulder pads and the skirt suit and all that shit. And she's now... Worked her way up. She was on, uh, I want to say she was on the board of directors for Walmart. Not Walmart. She sat on a board of directors for some humongous fucking company while she was CEO of Frontier. And I was Playtex. Like, oh, God damn, it wasn't. Oh, that's it. It was Playtex. Now, see, a woman, see how I did that? It was yeah. Tampax. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She understands cylinders and that absorb. And, and see, you know what? I just heard, it's like, it's like a thousand feminists cried out and were suddenly silenced by their own PTSD from you saying that. I, I, I did it on purpose. Oh, I know. Oh, I know. I don't give a shit about those people. So you wait. Some of these people you're talking about, though, when I said that, uh-huh. would think that we are serious. That they didn't know. They think I was serious by making that comment. They, they would think that making that comment, whether you're serious or not, contributes to the overall problem. I see. Which is so fucking stupid. And this is the, these people. They live in this total fucking dream world. They have no idea that the real world out there exists. They think that they have this plight. They're so self-involved, and they, mommy and daddy, were like. Oh, it's fine. And you're, yes, you have all these problems and that's, you're okay. No, you need to work on yourself. Yeah. You need to constantly be working on yourself, but they weren't taught that. And there's this huge number of these people out there that have just been, that's been promoted from within, from an early age that it's okay to not be, it's okay to not strive to go outside your boundaries. And these people have this very soft outer coating. 
do um, do I know that your daughter's not that way? For no, I, I know she she's not. These people are fucking. Stupid. So she, does she have friends that are like this? I don't know. I don't think so. I don't yeah. think because she's pretty smart about the people she associates with, you know. And then uh, she she's like most people that have friends. Maybe she's uh, not quite old enough to be in that bracket. I don't think she's old enough to be in that bracket. She also is not in, in college. She goes to public school. It's not like she's sheltered at all. Right. Uh, but uh, honestly, I think it just comes from the fact that uh, she's very fortunate, and I think she knows this, that a lot of her friends are all very similar but from diverse backgrounds. Um, in fact, here's something that's really strange. Think about this. Think about when you were growing up and when I was growing up. Would you say that a majority of your friends, that their parents were divorced? It was becoming uh, in vogue. Okay. That's what it was. In fact, I remember when my parents announced that they were getting divorced, um, that that I thought I thought I was going to be kind of one of the cool kids now because my parents are getting divorced. Exactly. It was a trend. Yeah. Do you know in Porsche's friend group of, say, eight, eight girls? Okay. Do you know that her mom and I are the only one out of that whole group that, that, are, divorced? that are divorced? How wow. Weird, how weird is that? That really flipped around. Yeah, isn't it? I don't know if that's a generation thing or if that's just a strange coincidence with her. And this is something she and I have talked about before, kind of at length, because we thought it was just mm. kind of strange. Um, now, I like to think, I hope, may, I'm sure I'm, I'll get pulled into therapy for this one with her later on, into group therapy with her later on. But I like to think that the, the reason why she's not as fucked up as I am and potentially you are or were for whatever, it, because our parents, we remember our parents getting divorced. She doesn't remember that. So it might as well, her, all she's ever known was me and her mom being split up. So I, and you know, and I always had somewhat of a strong, yeah. you know, family unit, right, even in spite of all that. But anyway, my parents did a pretty good job by not putting, pulling me in the middle not, not using me as a weapon against each other. Oh, mine did not. They, they did a good job at not doing that. Yeah. Um, and I think they made a really conscious effort. And I think when I got old enough to know that, one of them brought up. They said we did, and that was true. I looked looked back on it, and I thought, no, nope, they didn't. They never really did. They tried to still be parents, kind of together ish. I think you and your ex kind of do that too. I like to think doesn't so. Work, and, doesn't work all the time. I, mean, I know, and but. I will. I I'd really like to come around back to that because that's something that uh, I I definitely could stand to talk about a little bit. But I, I don't know that it was a conscious decision. I'm trying to remember back, you know, 15 years ago, 14, 15 years ago when when she and I split up. I don't know that it was a conscious decision. Mostly because I was I was a real shithead then like I, I couldn't keep down a job like I had a terrible like work ethic like I just I just was awful and I kind of don't blame her for divorcing you divorcing me like I kind of <laughs> don't blame her for it uh, in fact I mean I, I was so long ago I can't really it's not it's not worth carrying that baggage around sure. anyway but like I, I I did I did blame her for a long time and I realized well I fucking I, no wonder she didn't love me I don't really love me I don't really like me like I kind of mm. I get it. And I was just kind of a shithead and she had to be the, she had to kind of be the breadwinner and had to do this and had to be the one that was responsible. And that's because she was just far more mature than me. She, and it you, took me a while to get to that point. Do you know what her uh, background was like a little bit? Her parents and stuff? Oh, you know, her, her parents were together for until her father passed away. Okay. Nine years ago. It's a line ago. in there when you get married. Something like till death. do Till death to us part. Somewhere in there, yeah. yeah. But her parents, I, I mean, I don't know if her parents, I never really got into her parents. Not, not so much background. I mean, I know a lot about her parents and my in-laws, but um, no, they were together and they, they made a, they had a very functioning marriage and, and, mm. and had, you know, umpteen kids and uh, made it work. You know, everybody always had, 
everybody plus a few of their friends or their girlfriends or whatever, everybody always had food to eat. There was always a place to go to eat, you know, roof Mm -hmm. over the head, a toilet, everything. So they had what they needed. Uh, And I think that it wasn't really so much a conscious thing. Like for me, I knew that I didn't want to use, I never wanted to bad mouth the ex in front of the kid. Yeah. As soon as the kid was gone, I fucking had any time I was frustrated, whatever, talk to a friend, talk to my dad, whatever. Yeah. But I never did it in front of the kid. In fact, I can remember the only one of the only times that I ever said something. She was the ex was late. She was late to do something, and it was like causing me to be late for either for work or for something important. I don't know if it was for work, but she was running late, and I didn't know Porsche was in within earshot. And I said something, and was like, "God, fucking typical, God damn it!" Da, 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 da. And Porsche's like, "Did you say that about my mom?" Porsche was like 10 years old. Yeah. She was smart enough to know, you know, she she wasn't she wasn't five going, oh, I guess it's okay to say bad things about mom. It wasn't that. That was the first time. It took yeah. me nine years or eight years of being separated from the woman to not, uh, or to say something bad about her. So I, I like to think I did a pretty good job at that. Even if I didn't do a good job at anything else, I at least didn't motherfuck the ex-wife in front of the kid because that's what my parents did until I was about 13. 12, 13 years old, I remember distinctly my mom sitting me down and saying, listen, I've been saying a lot of really bad shit about your father uh, and we, and, by, and vice versa, and we're not going to do that anymore. And it was like, okay, you know, I'm 12. What the fuck am I supposed to, right. you know, what kind of commentary do I have? Like, well, you know, honestly, I've been thinking for years. I'm not going to say anything eloquent. Yeah. So it was like, yeah. okay. But I remember being told that. And I think it's more common for parents to have uh, – to, to have done what my parents did as opposed to what I did with the ex and what your parents did where you don't use the kids as a pawn. Yep. But they do that because it's a system of control and you're wanting to get yeah. back at that person. And they probably do it a little know. bit, but it wasn't like, it wasn't overt. You know, I know people, I know I was there, you know, when other divorced parents were doing this, you know, I, I, I remember seeing this and being around it, you know, so some, my parents may have done something, but it certainly wasn't... It wasn't the norm. Yeah, it wasn't yeah. really big or bad that I can remember. And I don't really know, but it wasn't... So that much I'm grateful for, at least. But yeah, it was... No, it was a... Not many... It was, it was The divorce was just kind of starting. It was kind of becoming a little bit more accepted. And that's... when my parents... Ooh, my parents... Now my parents are getting divorced. Yeah, oh, wow. Now I have something I can talk to my cool. friends about with. Yeah, look at that. It's, it's terrible that it got to that point. And yeah. you know, there's some people out there that say that... Uh, that the this country quote started to go downhill and the breakdown of the American family started with birth control. I was gonna say after we freed the slaves. Wow. I don't understand how that would work. Letting the blacks free. Oh, wow. So when this country started to go downhill, Paul's kind of a racist. Is he? Can, is he really? Is he? Thought I thought I knew him is better he than talk that. Like that, this whole podcast. I've, I've known him for. For the record, Paul's not a racist. It's a joke. It's I've a known running him about joke. Three and a half years now, and I've never, I've never really heard him. Let me know. Use the end. Is it really in there? Is he joking? Hot pocket. <laughs> <laughs> I have to go to the bathroom soon. Now I'm not asking okay. to wrap this up, but, to, but we, no, we is there a certain to, point that you wanted to say, there, I, or I, is that it? Now that's kind of that's kind of it. I guess there's no. It's it's the fact that. Parents or people that are potential parents don't uh, don't protect your kids so much. Keep protect them from certain things, but let them make mistakes. Like meth. Let them get hurt. Yeah, protect them from meth. If they start using meth, don't say, "Well, you're learning your lesson now. You're losing all that weight." Tell them to share it. Super productive. 
No, I'm sorry. Don't, don't oh, that's do that. not what we're doing. No, we don't want them to share it. Hey, Paul, don't have a kid. <laughs> it would be a great social experiment for you to have a kid now. Oh, I'll put them right to work. I don't care. Uh, how I know are. you would. Just a little, I'd love to see. You a think little, I'm a good composite little, dude? Yeah. Would you see that kid who just crawls around? And he's got his fucking hands all yep. over the hanger. It's gonna be floor. great. Anyway, the thing is, parents don't don't fucking don't hover around your kids so much, man. Let them make mistakes. Let them go out and do stupid shit. Yep. Try. I mean, you're you're always gonna it's worry. A little bit of a risk there, but that's that's and the way it should work. I'm gonna throw this out there. The parents that always, uh, at least when I was growing up, I'm assuming it's about the same for you, Paul. Uh, when I was growing up, the parents of the, or the kids that had parents that said, you will do this and you'll, will be here at this time and you will be this. Yeah, that works. Under that, that thumb of, that thumb of control, that doesn't fucking work. No. You know what it does? You just created someone that was hyper efficient at getting a lot of, packing in a lot of bad decisions before yep. 10 o'clock or whenever curfew yep. is. That's exactly what you did. Yep. You don't establish a line of trust. You don't establish a line of dialogue with your kid. You don't get to know them and as the funny a person. Is you, they're doing kind of what you think that you told them to do. So you're happy. That satisfies you. Wow, they did exactly what I told them to do. I got, and this is working out well. You don't know what they're doing. You have doing. no fucking idea. <laughs> and, and you know what, though? I mean, there are parents out there that are aware of what their kids are doing. I like to think I'm somewhat aware because I'm always in communication with the kid. But that God, having been so many said, women I snuck out of windows that were 16, oh, 15 years old. Fuck's sake, Paul. Did you ever do that? Again. No, I didn't do You're, that. Seriously? No, no. I, I did I, this. No, I, well, you have to understand, like I, I grew up in a very, very old house and every step on oh. and every portion of that floor would make a creak that was so loud it would wake up my mom. So I never really tried. I did sneak out of the house three times, two, to, two or three times that I recall, one of which... Okay, all of which my mom knew about except for one. However many times it was that I snuck out. Not very many, except for one time. And she didn't find out about that one time until about five years ago. Alicia. Oh, who's Alicia? I'm sorry. No, that's her. No. That was the one that she was. I'll tell you what. We're going to pause Beautiful that. blonde hair. I wanna, okay. I want to talk about Alicia when yeah. we come back. We're going to pause this for now. Okay. Thank you. back from our break it was a good break and before uh, i was gonna go to the bathroom but and then he didn't the 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 feeling is now lost and i hate it when that happens yeah i'm gonna kind of save it up something we were talking about uh and i said you know we should stop this conversation now and start back up while recording is jack nicholson and how timeless he is sure. in, in how much he loves younger women and yep. what I was going to bring up is a perfect example of that is a 10-year-old movie. This is still 10 years ago. The Departed. There's a scene in there where it's a, it's a, it's a montage of him doing cocaine and just playing with Star these. Star-studded cast in that movie, by the way. Ridiculous. Holy shit, all the it, people. It couldn't not win Academy Awards. Yep. Even though it was a remake of uh, Internal Affairs, a great Japanese movie, Japanese movie or Korean movie, so maybe yeah. China, some sort of ping pong country. I don't remember where it's from, but the, yeah, that's offensive. Sorry, Asian Americans. Anyway, but they do play better than everybody else. They. What do you mean? Ping pong. Oh, well, of course they do. Yeah, 
Yeah. So is that especially the Chinese? Is that racist to say that? It's it maybe it's culturally insensitive, but as a, you know, we were talking about a sensitivity earlier. Like I don't really give a shit. Yeah, I celebrate everyone's differences, and I feel, feel that if anyone, I'm gonna go watch a ping pong match, I want it to be two Asian people. It, yeah, because otherwise you're just gonna be shit. Or Forrest like, Gump and an Asian person. Yeah, and I still think maybe Forrest Gump might have been part, you know, Asian. Hmm. That's a that'd be an interesting backstory. I'd like yeah. to. I should probably get around to reading that book. So Jack, Jack Nicholson, in the Departed, in oh, the yeah. Departed. Uh, Scorsese film, brilliant film. But the funny thing is, is that Jack Nicholson was just kind of given. He's so good and so convincing that he was just given leeway, and it's like, hey, this is a, this is your Scorsese told him your character is this kind of person. Go with it, and, and on and that's the, what it the special edition, uh, you know, the uh, of the DVD director's, there's a director's com- like commentary. It's not a commentary, but it's a director's like. His notes and him yeah, talking. I have about that it. in Blu-ray. I'm going to have to. I have never watched that part of it. You should check like it that, out yeah. because Scorsese basically just says, "Yeah." Once Jack Nicholson said, "Oh yeah, I've got a great idea," and he brought a bunch of them to the table. I I knew I was going to have instead of having a two hour long movie, I was going to have a two hour and forty five minute movie mm-hmm. because some of the ideas that he came up with were all all on his own. Were all brilliant. Like the the one that comes to mind. First one that comes to mind is the scene where he's uh, waiting. He's sitting in the porno movie theater and. <laughs> Um, yes. Matt Damon comes in, you know, and, yep. and sits by him and he, Jack Nicholson's wearing, he's, he's wearing a trench coat. Yes. Stands up and turns around and he's just like, oh, he's pretending to jerk off. Well, yeah, cause it's a, he's like, oh, oh, oh. Yes, and man. then stands up, turns around and he's got a dildo in yes. his hands. And, and the, the reaction from Matt Damon is genuine because he didn't know that that was <laughs> happening. Scorsese and Nicholson are the only two people that on the whole set and that whole fucking movie that knew that he brought a, a dildo in and was wearing a trench coat still inside the theater. Uh, that's one. And then the other scene that really comes to mind that really reflects how Jack Nicholson is as a person, which is word for word what mm-hmm. Scorsese says on this commentary, is the the scene where Nicholson is, uh, his character is um, having this threesome yes. with these two young ladies, yes. very nubile young women. Oh, yeah. And he himself is not young at all. Nope. Uh, and he's... Just they're doing tons and tons of cocaine. Yeah, like handfuls, and handfuls of-, of cocaine. And then he takes a handful of cocaine and throws it at the woman's boobs. And <laughs> like that was Jack Nicholson being Jack. It was yeah. a caricature of Jack Nicholson now, but it was no. And Scorsese said this. He said, "I have no doubt in my mind that that was Jack Nicholson from about 1968 to about 1979 <laughs> or 80. That that's what he did." On any given Thursday, Friday, Saturday night, when he wasn't working on a movie set, he was throwing fistfuls of cocaine. The line is something like, "Yeah, don't move until you're numb," or something like something yeah. like that. Oh, I exact. yeah, yeah. Don't mean, don't mean start moving until you're numb, or well, I don't know. What's you know Close what song enough. is playing in the background? Hold it. Give me just a few seconds. <sighs> you lost it. Go ahead. It's a live version of comfortably, comfortably numb. numb. Now I remember. Do you yes. know who's on that track? Uh, the band. Mm-hmm. It is the band. Yes, the group called the band. Yes, and that's taken from the when uh, Waters did the Wall at Berlin. Right. Not Ber- yeah, Berlin. Yeah. Do, do you know the additional one other additional person? You had Roger Waters. You had the band, and there's one other very famous musician on there, which makes it very special. It's one of the singers that came in and joined, or band, playing music. Van Morrison. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And you can yeah. hear his weird kind of uh, yep. tenor kind of soaring over the top of that. It's a great, great fucking track. Download it. 
whatever, listen to it. But I, I always thought that was perfect because every single one of those members of that band was knee deep in pussy and cocaine when that came out. I remember that movie, but I also remember that maybe that was when they faded into the scene with uh, DiCaprio and what's her face. She was packing up to move and it was raining and he came, comes in. And, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And so that was, yeah, that was a great, I love that movie. Uh, what is her Have name? you ever seen that, the, the Berlin Wall uh DVD or whatever. I have seen a live version of the wall, but I think it was probably from the eighties. Yeah, where and it might have been a, a video, like a video of the original wall tour, where they had the giant wall probably that they so. constructed and then tore down every. I show. think I have that one. You ought to come over sometime and check that out with the uh, the one at Berlin, because I remember it was funny because Water City would never do it again unless they tore the Berlin Wall down, and they happened to do it. And I think he's he's done it since then, though. You know, he's like son of a. Bitch, right. now I have to do this. I thought yeah. the commies were going to win on that one. But but I got a Jack story, too. In uh, South Carolina, I believe it was South, I think it was South Carolina, there was a friend of mine. I can't remember who this was. I'm not making this up at all. I can't remember. It wasn't that, not that close. I don't remember who it was. But they were, um, so somewhere on the coast, you know, old, again, talk about Spanish moss, that kind of thing. And um, middle of kind of nowhere, maybe not too far from, Savannah, which is near the South Carolina Georgia border or Hilton Head, somewhere around there, and it was kind of raining. It was at a middle of nowhere gas station on a secondary road, and this friend of mine was at this convenience store, which I don't remember who it was. It sucks. Anyway, and this other kind of nice car pulled up, and this guy got out of the back back seat to go in and get beer or booze or something, and it was Jack Nicholson, and there was no one else there but this you know redneck or black guy or whatever working the gas station in the rain and nowhere and he was there for who knows if he was there for a movie shoot or seeing a friend who knows why he was there but there was no one else there and it was jack and he um um uh just hey what's going on whatever he just kind of you know didn't swarm all over him or just freak out or he was acted real cool and then because of that jack said hey man you want to go party and that was it. He hung out with Jack Nicholson for a couple days. For a couple of days. Yeah. He just they just hung oh, out. Oh my god. Just because he was doing whatever, and I can't remember what it was. I'm sure it was that night. And the next day, they did something. He called him up and had lunch or whatever. It was just because he knew he wasn't going to be starstruck and be. It was like, man, I like like your work. Oh, that's cool. You know, what are you, what's going on? You live around here? Yeah, I got. You want to go to a bar or something? Who the fuck is going to say no? Yeah, who's going to like? Yeah, you know what? I can't really. Uh, what would do you that. not cancel? If Jack Nicholson, seriously, all I would have to do to like Jack, if, so, if Jack Nicholson was like, "Hey, listen, um, listen, hey, Joe, <laughs> we're gonna do this thing tonight. We're gonna go to Vegas. We're gonna have a great time. There's gonna be all this fun." And I'm, uh, I, I would not say no. And I would probably all I would have to do is call. If I had to work at the brewery, I'd call Tim and go, "Hey, buddy, uh, so Jack Nicholson wants to go party in Vegas," and Tim would probably already be just. Knocking at my door. And go, oh. How did you show up at my fucking door already, Tim? Can I come? Archie, would, t- would you tell him? They'll say, I can't tell you what's going on. I will tell you. I will tell you. In a couple days. Right. But please, yeah. I have to have it off. I have to have you, it off. You cannot say no. Exactly. Yeah. This is something. I, this is an opportunity of a lifetime. Right. I, and the guy's about to die. He might die this weekend. Because you be start there. telling everybody about it. And everybody's going to start. You know, everybody's going to show. You know, and it's going to ruin the moment. That's a good tactic. Now I know what yeah. to do if and when Jack Nicholson were to say something. But think me. about that. If you were in the middle of nowhere also and that happened. He, and you were to say, all right, that's cool. And then you make all your phone calls, tell your people and don't tell them what you're doing or whatever. But it still would be hard around someone like him not to be starstruck. Because you got to get your shit together. 
And you want to be an interesting person. Yeah, exactly. You <laughs> you, you you don't want it to be a one-sided conversation about how awesome it was. Yeah. To, you know, remember, the, remember. Exactly. You don't want to be like Turn to Chris, Chris, Farley. Chris Farley on Saturday Night Live. Remember when you were in the Beatles? That was awesome. You don't want to be the remember, remember when you we, did the Departed? What was that motorcycle movie that you were <laughs> years ago with Fonda? Remember that? Oh, oh yeah. Easy Rider. Yeah. yeah. That was remember, awesome. Remember, you remember that? That was awesome. You can't. You can't do that. And I can't be that. So what do you do? I've met a be few celebrities tough, over the years, and and I, I, the first one I ever really remember meeting. I mean, other than the Neil Armstrong thing, which is, he's beyond a celebrity. Yeah, you know, but he doesn't. It, it's not like I can talk to him. It was like uh, about movies and shit that he did. You no, know? like I landed on the moon, and then he taught a lot, a, a whole generation of. Uh, aerospace engineers and whatnot, whatever. What you can do is you hope but, to find something else that you have in common. Absolutely, you can talk about that's not yeah. the moon, and it's whatever something yeah. else. Uh, I met John Goodman oh. in the St. Louis airport. We were on the same flight yeah. uh, at, that was delayed. Uh, I was fifteen, maybe fourteen, fifteen, headed out west. I wasn't living. Out people west kind of surrounding yet. him too and bugging him. No, and nobody. No, not at all. Because it was late at night, so all the flights were grounded. It was delayed. It wasn't really crowded. So I was sitting there fumbling with a Walkman. That's I just dated myself. No, mm. I might have had a disc. It might have been a CD player at the time. Anyway, I was just kind of sitting there, and this guy walks by, and I shit you not. He just said, hey, do you mind if I sit there? Because there's nowhere to sit because all the flights are grounded. So all the seats are taken up, and I'm just sitting kind of off uh, next to a, like a wall, you know, uh, like mm. up, up against a wall. And... I got my backpack there and I look up and I was like, yeah, that's, that's fine. And then I finally recognized and I said, excuse me, are you, uh, are you, are you John Goodman? You know, this is mid nineties. I want to say that Roseanne had just gotten, gone off the air and he was kind of, he'd only been in a couple movies at this I bet point. Always. Was he in Always at that point? He wasn't Always. Yeah. Which was, was pretty big. Several years before. Pretty big yeah. Movie. yeah. Great movie. Yeah. Just watched that a couple weeks ago on Netflix. Um, anyway, uh, he, we, we talked for, Probably an hour or so. Cool. Until my flight started to board, and I said, oh, "I gotta go. This has been great." And shook his hand, and you know what we talked about? Nope. Maybe, let me guess. A, being afraid of spiders and music. And the great, the great thing is, is about four or five years later, he was in Blues Brothers two thousand, which was a terrible movie, mm -hmm. except for the music was so much, so much more diverse than the original Blues Brothers. Everybody, everybody liked to shit on Blues Brothers two thousand, but the the Music was just as good, if not better, and uh, the plot was awful. But he was in that, and I, I remember talking to him about how much he loved uh, blues music and growing up in, in the Chicago area and that, 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 all this stuff. Mm. Super interesting guy. And, I mean, the only other quote-unquote celebrities I ever met were musicians. And you can't be starstruck too much because that just no. turns them off because they're so fucking used to that. No, and they, they're and, still and, normal people. And the other thing is that if they're actually in the public, like – John was and kind of like I guess Jack was in that case it really is easy to do that if you're not one of the people they are so tired of seeing right exactly they would they would glom onto that they would just man this guy's cool I'll talk to him shit yeah so it's, it's kind of tough to do sometimes and so you have to kind of I think the thing to do is to kind of like we talked about be a little bit prepared for that in case like you're work at the brewery downtown and there's going to be a time someone's going to walk in there probably that you're going to go, holy shit, it's... Yeah. Oh, yeah. And you're going to have to just kind of be, yeah, man, what's troubling you, buddy? You'll yeah, be, exactly. As I'm polishing glassware. So uh, what's troubling you? <laughs> you want to talk about... You know, and then I, I'd be I, surprised that you don't know what they are, first of all, but you can, you know what they are. And he's like, yeah. It's a, 
Yeah, I was raised right. I'm not going to talk about how bad your last movie was or, or right. you know, your album or whatever. I, I, I'm surprised I haven't met somebody or has, haven't had somebody come into... It's going to happen. The, like, I'm pissed that I didn't get to meet... Uh, was it about a year and a half ago? Adam Sandler. Uh, yeah. Adam Sandler was... I don't know why I didn't go to the brewery. Town. I don't know why I didn't go. I, I Probably because of the same, same reason why he abbreviated his, uh, his stop. Because people started to swarm into, so there you go. So into the other people said, "Oh my God, Adam Sandler's here! Let's tweet this." Yeah, exactly. And it and it went. It spread like wildfire over social media. And yeah. I mean, I heard about it at work within 15, 20 minutes of him getting there. I saw it on Facebook, or I got a text, you know. And uh, you know, and, and I kind of feel bad for people like that. Adam Sandler would be one of those people where I would just go, "Hey, listen, man, um, I want you to know that one, you're you made it okay for people to be funny, goofy, funny." well past the teenage years um shaped a lot of my life in your in your work and then i and i would just compliment him i, I th- that would be the, the like i would compliment him on his dramatic acting and i say you know one of the one of the mo- one of the worst reviews i ever heard of a movie was of the movie punch drunk love i don't know if you mm-hmm. ever saw that yeah. that was one of his yeah. first dramatic roles if not his first and uh it was in rolling stone i'll never forget it and they said the reviewer was such a prick he said, "Well, it's a Punch Drunk Love's a great movie, and apparently somebody, some director, finally tricked Adam Sandler into acting." <laughs> and I thought, "Fuck, that's fucking terrible." But then yeah. you think you look at Happy Gilmore, right, or right. you know any of those, Billy Madison, and then he did that. But then he does a, a movie like Rain Over Me, which apparently nobody's fucking heard of. Yeah, did you ever see that one? No. It's Adam Sandler plays a guy who lost his wife and two daughters in 9/11. Oh. Yeah, they huh. were on Flight 93, I think it was. Okay. The one that and, went into the middle of nowhere in Pennsylvania? Okay, maybe it wasn't Flight 93. I think, I, I, I don't, that's inconsequential. Doesn't he, matter. He, he lost his, basically lost his family. And his college roommate, who was his friend for like two or three years after college, and they just kind of went their separate ways like, like it happens, happened to see him just walking down the street in Manhattan. And this guy's now, you know, he's now a, 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 a like a like a dentist or something like that. He's a doctor oh. of some sort, and sees Adam Sandler's character. He goes, "Hey, man!" and tries talking to him. And Adam Sandler is just completely not in. He is not there. He's just he's got headphones on. He's listening to music. And the guy's, "Hey, man! Hey, do you remember me? We, I mean, how how you been?" And uh, and uh, oh, oh, fine, fine, fine. I've been fine. Okay. Uh, well, you have a nice day. It was good seeing you. And just kind of loses it and this guy just kind of feels guilty after he starts doing some research and finding out that he, like he lost his family and he's all fucked up adam sandler was nominated for an academy award for best actor well i gotta see that one and nobody's heard of this fucking movie it's such a great fucking movie anyway i would just tell him that if i saw if i met at somebody like adam sandler as far as i'm concerned he's a fucking superstar i would just compliment him on like dude well done in all facets and you're a good dude yeah like there's there's the the some some somebody gave him a shirt that said uh, I can't remember it was like a university shirt it was like some of some school gave him the shirt and you saw a paparazzi picture of this fan running up to him handing him the shirt and he's like thanks I appreciate it do you want me to sign it? he goes no this is for this is a gift saw that fan walks away next paparazzi picture of him a few weeks later is him wearing the shirt cool like he just actually like somebody handed him a shirt he's like oh that fits and I kind of like the color and he wore yeah. it he's just a just a regular fucking yeah. dude, and I would compliment him on that, and I would just like offer to buy him a beer. Well, the other thing is, that, yeah, is you you're there, and you've got a very common uh, or not a common. He's there to have a beer in theory, and so you have a lot of knowledge about what you guys have to 
have to sell. So that would be a good topic. Obviously, that would be hopefully simply an icebreaker. He would be interested in. Yeah, yeah. I would say something like, "Well, you know, if you're a, you know, hey man, if you're play cornhole, we have a tournament here every. uh, You want to play? You want to be my cornhole partner? (laughs) Can you imagine if somebody didn't know what cornhole was? Yeah. Like, do you want to be my cornhole partner? Yeah, partner. Yeah, it's only, only two people can play on a team. You want to cornhole I mean? each other? You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. You, got, you got a butthole, I got a butthole. You get four chances. Oh, my God. <laughs> off the rails, as always, on the so, cartoon Yeah, that would be... Uh, so that's that's my... I don't have really... You know what? I don't really uh, talk with or speak with a bunch of uh, uh, celebrities. Yes, you do. There's celebrities to you, and there's celebrities in the aviation business, but yeah. they're like... Like Paul McCready. And who's Paul McCready again? Uh, well, he, he was a guy that um, that uh, that built the uh, Gossamer Albatross and Gossamer Condor, the human-powered little aeroplanes. And then it was Aero Environments. You know, they did a lot of. Uh, he was the one that first came up with the con. This is funny, interesting too, because you know that Facebook now and Google have these airplanes, these big old carbon fiber things that fly around and mm-hmm. hover over, loiter over, with very high altitudes with solar-powered and to get internet service in remote areas. But he he was working on that back in the, or thought about this back in the 80s and 90s to get things like that to remote areas. And that's kind of where that concept came from. So that was him. He also was involved with cloud seeding. All you chemtrail guys out there. Oh, there it is. Here we go. But Remember, it's silver composite, iodine. It's, it's, <laughs> it's to keep, uh, to get, you know, to make it rain kind of thing. So I guess silver and iodine is a chemical. So I guess those were chemtrails. But it was science, you know. It wasn't. Science. It wasn't for. And Paul McCready wasn't involved with trying to brainwash the butt trumpets. I love that term, butt trumpet. Anyhow, we what, about, kinda, what about the Tehachapi guys? Isn't there? Yeah, a lot of people that were yeah, heavily. These are yeah. These are these are really celebrities that were involved in yeah. Key chief designers and project managers of like the B-2 stealth bomber, for example. Yeah. And that high altitude, world record now, super weird glider thing that's going to be flying over the polar vortex. Actually, it's doing this right about now-ish down there, doing these uh, 100,000 feet almost in a glider, riding these mountain waves or around the polar vortex, aerodynamic, excuse me. Um, Holy cow. Environmental, whatever. Uh, Aero, wow. Stratospheric phenomenon. Paul's had a brain fart. I really, I've just lost my, anyway, yeah, so these people are involved with a lot of uh, design and development of things that um, that a lot of people could be aware of, but they're not, their names aren't known. Right. It's kind of like a lot of the guys out there at Edwards Air Force Base doing the, you know, the sound barrier, you know, these are kind of heroes that no one knows their name kind of thing. So, you know, within my little world, these are kind of people that are really, you know, there's not many people that develop and do this stuff. There's really it's a small handful of people. Well, it's like it's a it's we've talked about how the aviation, uh, specifically experimental aviation, Mm. is a very very tight knit group and and kind of everybody knows each other. Yep. And at least through I mean, some people. I mean, yeah, aren't you friends on Facebook with a couple of these people that you just. It, 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 to you, it's, I know you've said this before, that it's such a ridiculous concept to be friends on Facebook with somebody who's designed X, you know, whatever. Yeah. Uh, the uh, craft beer industry is the same way. It's very uh, incestual is the term I've always used mm-hmm. because that's how you learn. You have uh, brewers that will go from brewery to brewery to brewery to brewery and learn their shit and then, and then 
do something. But then you also have the the, the, the heavy hitters, the guys that, uh, and then they're very approachable people because these these people they're celebrities. Like Stone to us. IPA kind of people. That oh kind of, yeah, that's yeah. one. That's the level oh, you're talking about. Those abs- guys, absolutely. Those guys, those guys in, at Stone, guaranteed. If you saw them at a party, you walk up to them and be like, "Hey, what's going on? Thanks for you know doing what you do." Mm. And they're like, "Oh, thanks, man. What what did, what did you think about this?" And they're always very self-deprecating. It's very rare that you find somebody who's like an arrogant prick. You know, because you can't really survive in that business for any length of time being an arrogant prick. And this is something that I don't know that I have firsthand knowledge of, but the people that do have firsthand knowledge of, I listen to them. Uh-huh. People uh-huh. like uh, Mitch that used to be with Mud Sharks that, uh, you know, um, uh, uh, Chuck. Mm-hmm. The the guys that I met at uh, Dry Dock up in Denver talking to those guys. Chuck's I mean, so easy to talk to. Chuck, Chuck is would be somebody I would totally have on this podcast. Oh yeah, if if if, if that would be a thing, uh, if he'd be interested, because he's done so many different things. And he had to me, I, I I told him, I said, you're the perfect pedigree to go into brewing. And he and I, he goes, what do you mean? It says he was in extracts. Yep, in the extract business the and flavor like, world, the flavor, flavor and aroma world. world. Like, yeah, yeah, he he had that's his background was was that that in, in law enforcement, which is great. Wow, I didn't know that part. Yeah, he's oh yeah, I, he's, I did know. That. I forgot that. Yeah, him and, him and Paige both uh, were uh, were uh, L.A. County sheriffs. Okay, I think I know she was. I, he might have been, but I know he was a, in law enforcement. Anyhow. Um, it's a very tight knit group of people and everybody kind of knows each other. So like if I really wanted to, if I needed to, for whatever stupid reason, need to get a hold of Sam Caligioni from Dogfish Head, uh-huh. you know, brewer, owner, guy that started the place, I could probably through at least one or two people that I know get his personal cell phone number yeah, if I yeah. needed to. I'm not saying that I would and I have nothing, I would have nothing to talk to him about that would be important enough for me to, to do that. Uh-huh. But I'm just saying that's how tight knit the group is. Yep. That this this company on the other side of the country that is huge, and their head dude, he's just that approachable. Yep. Guaranteed, I could do that. Yep. And uh, I love that about those niche industries. Oh yeah, really cool. and it's fun to be. Um, yeah, speaking of the, you know just like celebrities and little fields like that, and you have to if you're around long enough and you do stuff, and you, eventually it's not. It it's you reach a point if you're really, really good at what you do and you kind of know that, but you're reasonably humble about it. I mean, you, you really do know inside that you're pretty good at what it is. So when you meet someone that else is in a different field and they're pretty good at what they do, I know I don't know what they know and they don't know what I know, but I know that I'm as good at what I do as what they probably are as good at what they do. And you're definitely known in your field. Yeah. So, so therefore I kind of think it's easy for me to talk to these people at that point. Yeah. For me, it's, it's like, Hey, so-and-so. And, and so I don't, I don't feel small, you know, but if I'm going to ask them questions or they find out what I work on, usually there's a lot of people out there too. Once you start telling them you work, what we do, they're kind of interested. Someone that has a little bit of money or is a little bit older, you know, they'll, they know composite or this or that. So they've got questions like what kind of glue do you use? I'm not talking about those kind of people. (laughs) What, what kind of glue do you use on the airplanes? uh, How do these held together? Well, you know, adhesive and you know, you lamp. What kind of glue do you use? airplane glue it's incredibly specific you don't use elmer's glue nope it's airplane glue it's right on the box and it says airplane glue yep it's ajax brand acme 
Airplane. Acme, there we go. Acme, Acme brand, airplane, glue. airplane glue. Jesus. I had to cut this off right the fuck now, but we kind of have to because I got, I'm got i on a it, schedule. I'll tonight. tell you what. We're on a schedule. We're going to go and party tonight because it's Blackbridge Brewery, Kingman, Arizona. It's a big weekend. We got some talent this weekend. Tonight and tomorrow night. Yes. There's a lot. Let's go through it. Who's Jeremy Fass and his daughter are playing yeah, at uh, Jeremy Cellar Door. Jeremy Foss and his daughter. I'm so sorry. Damn it, Fass, Jeremy. Paul, I, really? I'm so... Poor Jeremy. Sorry, Jeremy. So, Jeremy. you got Jeremy and, and his daughter Sloan are playing... Uh, that's at the cellar door. Who's named after? Uh, I believe she's named after. I think I had this conversation. I could have dreamed up that part of the conversation, but I wouldn't doubt it if she was named after Sloan from uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Yeah. I think so. So she's in high school? Yeah. Yeah. She's she Porsche's age? Yeah, I think she's Porsche's age. Okay. Uh, or uh, she might be a year older, but I'm fairly certain they're the same age. She plays the piano. You heard her play or she, she's really good. I could hear her I could hear her playing in the background and like practicing. I didn't burst in on her practicing. Said, but Shut up. Should be a really good show tonight with those two. I think I don't know that she's doing a lot of she's not doing every song with him. It's it's gonna be a And what is she doing? Like drum like uh I'm I'm not supposed to say. It's supposed to be a surprise. The spoons. She's playing the spoons. She's clearly she? playing the spoons. The jug, like the jug, the milk, the <laughs> I think I think if Jeremy ever listens to this, Sloan, Sloan's going to listen to him. The like, washboard. What the fuck is wrong with these guys? In the washboard. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> the saw. Oh god, <laughs> I don't know, man. If you've ever heard somebody play green sleeves on a musical saw, it just it'll bring you to tears. Haunting. That's an old uh, home improvement reference for all you people out there that <laughs> grew up in the '90s. Anyway, so there's that tonight, but have, the tiles the Squillers tonight yeah, also. Also, the, across the street at the Blackbridge Brewery, you got the Squillers. A lot of playing. fun. Always a lot of fun. Yeah. And then tomorrow is the uh, triat- Yard Games Triathlon, yes. third year, three-year anniversary. Of Which the, I will uh, be practicing for later this evening. Yeah, Paul yes. needs to get out of here. We need to wrap yeah. this shit up so, so we can go then, practice. But then, but then, then tomorrow. And then tomorrow would be the Rivals. and Big Rivals. Lettered um, Interior. Lettered kind Interior. Of playing with them, opening up perhaps, probably playing a little bit with them too. Which they find completely ridiculous because Leonard is so good. They should be opening up for him. But one of the most humble people. Always. Ever. Yeah. And so glad to see you. Nice guy. Hey, man. I mean, he's just a cool thing. And by the way, he does our intro. Intro and outro music. music. Yeah, yeah, it's fantastic. Um, more to come on that but one. But something else. Isn't Black Lemon. Black Lemon's Black at, Lemon's on Black, Saturday. At, on Saturday, yeah. At, uh, at uh, Blackbridge. Really? Yeah. Who else? Who's at Cellar Door on Saturday? I don't know. I don't, I don't think anybody's going to be over there. I'm blown away. <laughs> yeah. Except for tonight they will be. They should be. This would be a good night to go back and forth between Blackbridge and Cellar Door. That's exactly what I'm going to have to do. Yeah. yeah. You'll go, you, know, you guys are on a break over here, and it's right across the street. Perfect. Absolutely. And uh, we got to go, Joe. All right. Well, this has been uh, episode of uh, yep. the Cartoon Casual Podcast with uh, Joe and Paul. And uh, y'all nice have a good time. Until next time. Nice to see you again, Joe. This is an intimate setting. I appreciate it. And we've been spooning the entire time. Feel a little closer. Yeah. And it's when you don't wear any pants and you that spoon. That was me blown in your ears. Yeah, and you spoon, mm. and you, yeah. Usually it's the long discussion, who's going to be the big spoon, or the, you know, who's going to, yeah. And then I just force Paul down, and then I'm the ladle. Anyway. <laughs> God, I'm, I'm, gonna, I, I'm hitting stop now. Bye. Bye. See ya.